Welcome to Positively 365, a podcast by Joe Wattis. We wish to entertain, instruct, and motivate. If nothing else, hopefully we can entertain and inspire you to live a more positive life 365 days a year. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, a girl potato and boy potato had eyes for each other. And finally they got married and had a little sweet potato, which they named Yam. Of course, they wanted the best for Yam. When it was time, they told her about the facts of life. They warned her about going out and getting half-baked so she wouldn't get accidentally mashed and get a bad name for herself like hot potato and end up with a bunch of tater tots. Yam said not to worry. No spud would get into the sack with her and make a rotten potato out of her. But on the other hand, she wouldn't stay home, and she became someone who went out quite a bit. She would not be a couch potato. She would get plenty of exercise so as to not be skinny like her shoestring cousins. When she went off to Europe, Mr. and Mrs. Potato told Yam to watch out for the hard-boiled guys from Ireland and those greasy guys from France that call themselves the French fries. And when she went out west, to watch out for the Indians so that she wouldn't get scalloped. Yam said she would stay on the straight and narrow and wouldn't associate with those high-class Yukon Golds or the ones from the other side of the tracks who advertise their trade on all the trucks that say Frito-Lay. Mr. and Mrs. Potato sent Yam to Idaho PU. Yes, that's Potato University. So that when she graduated, she'd really be in the chips. But in spite of all they did for her, one day Yam came home and announced that she was going to marry Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck? You mean that guy that is on talk radio and TV? Mr. and Mrs. Potato were so very upset. They told Yam that there was no way she could possibly marry Glenn Beck because, because he's just, he's just, are you ready for it? He is just, here it comes, are you sure you're ready? Because Glenn Beck is just a commentator. It is a new day, a new month, a new year, a new decade. So you've woken up and decided you're finally going to take on the big, big problem that's been weighing on you. Perhaps it's a big problem like raising money for your public libraries or helping homeless dogs and cats or somehow doing something about climate change. Yet, as much as you'd like to act, you're stopped by some persistent piping doubts. Where do I start? And even if I do something, will it even really matter? 
When it comes to climate change, for instance, the greatest minds in the world are struggling to come up with solutions. Meanwhile, you're someone who struggles with bringing reusable bags to the store. But maybe it's time to look elsewhere for inspiration. In this week's episode of Positively 365, we will look at that inspiration from little things. Yes, size does matter. And in fact, it's the little things that count the most. But first, we have today's trivia question. Are you ready for it? This week, the trivia question is a multiple choice question. I thought that would be easier. Here we go. Every person is different. But just how much do you differ genetically from other humans? 25%, 10%, 2%, or 0.1%? We will have the answer when we come back. Do you know the answer to this week's trivia question? The question was a multiple choice question. Every person is different, but just how much do you differ genetically from other humans? 25%, 10%, 2%, or 0.1%? The answer is 0.1%. Although the previously accepted value of the 0.1% difference was there, more recent research indicates that the variation may range from 0.1 to 0.9%. Even so, you share at least 99% of your DNA with every other person on this planet. The 6 billion people on planet Earth are far more alike than different. Now you know. Arthur Conan Doyle, the creator of Sherlock Holmes, once said, it's the little things that are infinitely the most important. And so this week we ask, how do you achieve mighty results in your life? This was a question that was asked of a panel of speakers at a conference in Orlando. The first to answer was the president of a successful hospital in Canada. The hospital scores extremely well in patient satisfaction, staff retention, patient outcomes, and enjoys strong results financially. She began her answer by sharing, We achieved those great big things by focusing on the small things. It was just that easy and that hard. She went on to explain that her primary focus after taking over as president was to make sure that every employee washed their hands 
after every single interaction, every time, no exceptions, ever. This was one area of patient care and infection control that they could actively manage as a team. And in being part of the solution of driving preventable infections down, the team was inspired and empowered to do more. The culture of the entire organization changed as they focused on something seemingly small, hand-washing, and began seeing positive results because of it. Then other previously stalled initiatives began prospering as well. Team members began actively greeting patients, guests, and co-workers with smiles. Improvements were made in handoffs, ER wait time, and patient satisfaction. The entire organization changed because of the simple act of hand-washing. Those little things can make big differences. Yes, an entire organization can be changed because of the simple act of hand-washing. That phenomenon of a small change profoundly impacting mighty results isn't isolated to a single hospital in Canada either. There is something called the broken window theory. Put forward by social scientists James Wilson and George Kelling, it suggests that something as minor as a single broken window in one house can cause a domino effect that negatively impacts the entire community. Fix the broken window, though, and you take a small but important step in fixing that entire community. Putting the broken window theory into practice, New York City made some mighty reductions in crime over the past few decades. In 1984, there were an average of five murders each day. A shift was made from responding to violent emergency calls to actively policing the streets. They enforced laws against panhandling, loitering, graffiti, and a litany of other small, petty crimes. In subsequent decades, violent crime has fallen by more than 80% in New York. It appears that the little things are infinitely the most important things. So, why should we even care? Glad you asked. You may not work in healthcare or patrol the streets of the Big Apple, but focusing on improving the small things in your life should be a big part of your daily effort. Getting incrementally better each day and doing the little things right makes a big difference. Relationships can be hard. Marriage is sometimes tricky, parenting is frequently a challenge, and yet focusing on taking care of the small things makes overcoming the big things even possible. The little things are what support the foundation of relationships. In being kind to others, returning phone calls, standing up to greet a spouse after a long day, looking into the eyes of your kids with no distractions at night, the little things add up to create a strong foundation from which future joys and success can grow 
and future pains and sorrows can be absorbed and comforted. Do you want to thrive professionally? Do you desire vitality in your health and vibrancy in your relationships? Are you ready to come alive spiritually? Isn't it time to start living a radically inspired life? But too frequently, we wait, focus, plan, hope, and pray for the big things. We await the summer vacation. We look forward to the retreat or the getaway. We long for promotions. We look forward to retirement. Today, though, the challenge is for us to focus on making the little things a little better. It will drive mighty results in your life. It is just that easy and just that hard. Yes, size does matter, and the little things are the important things. One place we can look for inspiration is the small, seemingly insignificant, humble honeybee. They can show us that thinking small may be the best way to think big, according to beekeeper Marianne G., The lifespan of a worker bee ranges from six weeks in the summer to 20 weeks in the winter. Most of her brief existence is spent gathering nectar to make honey. According to G, a bee in her lifetime makes only one-twelfth of a teaspoon of honey, a tiny fraction of the hundred pounds of honey that a typical colony needs to survive. The most remarkable thing isn't that she does the work. It's that she doesn't even do it for herself, she adds. A bee won't directly benefit from the honey she makes. Instead, it will allow future generations to thrive long after she is gone. This, too, is how we can change the world. By not worrying about the size of our contributions and by letting our efforts join the actions of others. G herself was distressed by the pesticides and diseases that were harming the world's honeybees and ruminated about how she and her husband could possibly help fix the ailing agricultural system. One day, as she was tending her hives, she realized, I am insignificant but my one-twelfth of a teaspoon counts. My contribution helps. She found purpose in starting an urban farm, helping people plant garden plots on their rooftops and schoolyards, and teaching novice beekeepers. And so the message for us this week, keep making honey. Your one-twelfth of a teaspoon counts. Thank you for joining us today. Please consider taking a moment to like, rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. You can also connect with us and join the conversation on Facebook. Just search for Positively 365. We would love to hear from you. So until next time, stay positive today and every day, 365 days a year.